a dream. That's one small step for man. I am the greatest. You want something? Go get it. Period. People say that I work hard, but the people that really worked hard were my parents. He would get back at 2 p.m., then he would work at the motel from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m., then he would go work at the gas station he later bought from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. So the number one predictor of success is self-control. As I grew older, um, I realized that my time is more valuable than my money. Time is the only asset that you can't get back. What's up my fellow dreamers, doers, achievers, this is episode number 20 of the Dream Big and Co podcast, and little disclaimer here, number 20 just so happens to be my favorite number, making it an even better episode than it already is, and having such a great person, an absolute master of his craft in many areas of his life on this podcast. But before we talk about his work and story, the quote for Today's episode is a mere reflection of the conversation that you are going to hear. And the quote goes, suffer the pain of discipline or suffer the pain of regret. Suffer the pain of discipline or suffer the pain of regret. And focusing in on Sean, having a microscope, focusing in on his life, I don't want to dull you down with too much information because there's a lot to cover and we dive into a good amount during the episode but for a brief overview Sean really broke out into the scene when his company made it onto Shark Tank and got a deal with Mark Cuban his company prep expert has since helped millions of students prep for the SAT and ACT which are the tests that Sean actually received a perfect score in from there he has gone on to write multiple books start an online marketing agency and he's currently striving for his residency in dermatology. He's constantly, constantly learning, growing and raising the bar for himself, thus raising the bar for others. He embodies to the absolute max, to the absolute apex, improve yourself, impact lives. And like I said, underneath the surface, there's so much that goes into the framework and makeup of who Sean is and how he developed his own success. So let's get rolling into episode number 20 with Sean Patel. So here with Sean Patel, thank you for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate you doing this with your busy schedule. I know you have a lot going on. So Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me to do the podcast. Um, I'm excited to talk entrepreneurship and so many other things and for you you're like a man of all trades like it it's fitting that we're in philly you know maybe like a modern day benjamin franklin in terms of (laughs) all the skills and practicality you have um but also another thing i wanted to say congrats on your your recent marriage yeah well engagement engagement yeah (laughs) yeah. Uh, marriage is going to be there soon yeah thank you yeah it's a big life step for sure i've never been compared to benjamin franklin but that's a compliment (laughs) thank you (laughs) um and in doing my research i saw you're really good at like pitches and speeches so from the Val Victorian speech to Shark Tank pitch to now that engagement pitch was very clever. So I 
commend you for that. It's really a testament to you know your speaking abilities and your creativity. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you know what's interesting is I think that the trait of a good entrepreneur is to learn how to pitch, how to write, how to communicate and speak. It's so, so important. I mean, I think it's important in all aspects of life, but particularly in entrepreneurship, a lot of times every entrepreneur out there has an idea before it becomes a real business and you have to sell that idea. And I don't just mean you have to sell that idea to investors. You have to sell that idea to your customers. You have to sell that idea to your business partners. Um, obviously your investors and so to be able to communicate that succinctly and attractively is super huge and I think that's what I've luckily thank you um, said you have a skill for it but you know I've worked really hard mm -hmm. on it yeah and I think it comes out and uh, you know I've written many books before uh, and you know I always try to think when I'm whenever I'm writing a book or when I'm doing a pitch I think you know what does the audience not know, right? Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people who are not the best at writing or communicating, what they get stuck in is their own mindset or perspective. And I never do that. I always think about the mindset in, for example, my prep expert SAT classes. I think about what does a high school student know at this point in high school? How do they feel? How can I communicate this material to the 16-year-old who's on Snapchat all day? Right? <laughs> I'm not thinking about it as the 29-year-old MD, MBA that I am, you know, mm -hmm. I'm thinking about it as a 16-year-old. When I'm writing my book, Self-Made Success, um, I'm thinking about it from the terms of someone who is bootstrapping their own business and starting from scratch. Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking about it as a business owner who runs a business that has done tens of millions of dollars in revenue, you know? Mm -hmm. So you have to always think about it from the perspective of your audience when you're doing Pitches, books, everything in entrepreneurship. And that's where you can give the most value to in mm -hmm. investing in all of that. Mm -hmm. um, but going back to like the origin story, yeah, can you talk about like those humble roots? Because you have a unique story mm -hmm. in talking to that fact and how that sort of fueled your drive and ambition to lead you to this like avenue of success and where you are at right now in life. Yeah, no, definitely. So... You know, I can't take responsibility for any of the success that has come my way. It's really from my upbringing, as you brought up. Uh, people say that I work hard, but the people that really worked hard were my parents, you know. So my parents actually uh, immigrated from India to the United States with like $70, you know, it was crazy. When they came, uh, you know, my mom even worked at Burger King. They had very little money or anything, and they really saved and worked 70, 80, 90 hours a week to, um, you know, present a middle-class life for me and my brother. And what was an interesting move that my father did was right when he had saved enough money um, from, he was actually a pharmacist in India and then uh, became a pharmacist here. He had saved enough money from his pharmacist job. Instead of buying a house, he uh, bought a motel, which actually was the smartest a move because yeah. if you, uh, you know, his friend went up to him and was like, why are you going to buy a house? If you buy a house, all you're going to do is pour money into it on renovations and things like that. But if you buy a motel, which is the same cost back then in the, you know, 80s, early 90s when he was mm -hmm. um, doing it back in Vegas where I grew up, uh, you know, 
what would happen is the motel would be a revenue generator and you could also live at the motel. Now, it wasn't the nicest motel. Uh, you know, it was in urban Las Vegas where, um, you know, there was a lot of gangs, drugs, prostitutes, mm. all that kind of thing around. So it was a really interesting upbringing because I grew up in this environment surrounded by all these you know, it would kind of be like growing up in North Philadelphia, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, to put it in terms of where we are right now in Philadelphia, sitting in Philly, right? And then, um, but I also grew up with a very strong family and educational um, background because my parents valued that so much from their upbringing in India. Mm-hmm. And so it was this dichotomy that I grew up with which I think really set the foundation watching my, so like my dad would wake up at 5 a.m. to go to his job at the pharmacy at 6 a.m. He would get back at 2 p.m. Then he would work at the motel from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Then he would go work at the gas station he later bought from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then he would do it all the next day. And you know, that is kind of why I work so hard today in my multiple careers. I really saw it growing up as a child. Yeah, I was gonna ask where that like entrepreneurial roots derive from, mm-hmm. so I can see like the bootstrapping and the hustling of both your parents, especially your dad, is you know played a huge role in where you are today. Yeah, I think you've got to have um, someone that can serve as a model. Now, for mm-hmm. me, I was very lucky. That model was in my home. My dad was the model of he was a pharmacist, he was a motel owner, a gas station owner. So he was an entrepreneur in his own right, as well as a professional as a pharmacist. Um, now, that model, not everyone has a parent like that, and mm-hmm. that's okay. Your model can be an entrepreneur, um, such as my business partner, Mark Cuban, right? Um, <laughs> Uh, your model can be uh, some of the authors that you read in books about, right? Um, your model, there are so many easy ways to find great models now with all of the technology that we have. Um, you can follow really inspiring entrepreneurs and Instagram accounts, mm-hmm. right? So um, I think building that model and shaping that model helps you sort of shape your own life by having that. Yeah. There's no excuse not to use the blueprints now. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I saw that really struck a chord with me was not sacrificing your time for money or not replacing your time for money. And especially for the people listening, for the young audience at this young age, not doing that even more so. So was there a time in your life where that really played like a major role where you had to take a step back and not go off of you know first reaction and take the money at hand if there was a case for that yeah i definitely think most people today when they think about being um thrifty or in terms of saving money they never think about the time involved right Mm -hmm. and i used to be one of those people i would try to save money at all costs but I think the smarter thing to do as you grow older and as you have the opportunity, obviously when you're bootstrapping, sometimes your time is worth less and you have to just put in the work and do it. But as I grew older, um, I realized that my time is more valuable than my money. Time is the only asset that you can't get back, right? You can lose money and you can make money back, but you can't get time back, right? Mm -hmm. So um, for example, I'll give you an example. uh, there was a flight that um, I was a few hours early at the airport just last weekend, 
and um, you know there was it was like three hours later but they had an, a flight going two hours earlier so it was like a hundred dollars to upgrade now me but the old me would have said I'm not gonna pay the hundred dollars um, you know for the extra two I'll just wait the three hours at the airport but I actually ended up doing it because I decided what I calculated in my mind was two hours of my time is worth more than a hundred dollars. I value my time at more than $50 per hour, right? Mm -hmm. So I think entrepreneurs need to start thinking about how much they value their own time. Um, any individual out there, what is, what is a, I would actually set a dollar amount on it, right? So I value my time at about a hundred dollars per hour, right? Let's say um, when it comes to work, right? If I can create an extra hour of time, I consider that a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. have, have you actually like not, you know, I'm just a asking this as sort of like a question out there for the audience, but yeah. have you, have they ever thought about what is the dollar amount on your time? You know, and if you start thinking about it and thinking about life in terms of that, you'll stop wasting so much time. Yeah. 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 That's a really good point. I haven't even thought about that myself. So mm -hmm. definitely take that as I go, uh, into the future. But with, what you talked about in one of the five books you wrote, Self Made Success, you talk about harnessing the power of Parkinson's uh, law, right? Mm -hmm. And with you know getting your MBA from Yale, pursuing your medical degree right now, uh, being a dermatologist, being a full fledged entrepreneur, being on Shark Tank, getting a deal with Mark Cuban, and just like the nuances of life. Can you talk about how you use that? Uh, Parkinson's law to navigate through everything you're working on? Absolutely, yeah. So for the listeners out there, Parkinson's law essentially states that work will be completed in the amount of time that you allot it, right? So what that means is if you give your work a deadline of three months, it will take you three months to do it. If you give your the same work a one-week deadline to do it, it will take you one week to do it. Now, there's obviously some extremes to this and um, some generalizations here, but just to give people an example that everyone has gone through this, I'm sure you've been in an English class at some point in grade school and they gave you the entire semester to do a paper and you end up doing it either the night before or a few days before, right? Mm -hmm. And so the work ended up just taking how long you gave it. And so what you can do in your own life as an entrepreneur is apply the Parkinson's law to your life to be more efficient. And I really dive into this deep into my, in my book, Self Made Success, but the idea today, what I do is I'll allot myself um, what I call office hours now. And my office hours are 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., let's say, and I have a ton of work. I'll have like 20 things to do in that 3 to 6 p.m. time block, and I accomplish almost all 20 every single time. Now, I'm somewhat reasonable about what I'm trying to accomplish, but then it basically takes out the Instagramming, it takes out the replying to emails, it takes out all the, the minutia work and has me focused on the most important tasks that I need to get done in that three hour time block. And that makes me hyper efficient as an entrepreneur. And that's a very simple way that people can practically apply Parkinson's law to their own everyday work. Yeah, and that literally gets into my next point, which is something I heard, I believe it was from Tim Ferriss. He said, like, during this digital age, single tasking is a superpower mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. So to be able to like starve distraction 
and not look at the social media and just focus on one thing and like set your own deadline to create that mindset is really powerful. Um, but I wanted to ask you as well while we're on the topic, what are like some really pragmatic like tactics you use to like starve distraction? Yes. In terms of maybe no yes. social media, all that. Oh yes, I have so many. <laughs> I actually feel bad for kids today because as a young kid, if I was 12, 13 years old, I would be so hard pressed. I didn't have you know, Facebook and Snapchat when I was 12, 13 years old to distract me. Um, but what you can do and what I still do, because I, I, I love social media, I love Instagram just like everybody else. Um, but what I do now are a few, here's a few practical tips. One is um, if I want to produce any content, I usually, if, as long as it doesn't require the internet, I'll turn the internet off. So what I mean by that is if I want to write a book chapter, if I want to write an article, if I have um, some financial sheets I need to go through, I'll turn the internet off because if the internet is on, you are bound to open the web browser and check your email and go through YouTube or do whatever X, Y, Z, right? So that's one strategy. Another strategy that I think is very effective is I will either put my phone in airplane mode or I will put my phone in my backpack or bag and put it away from me so that I don't even have physical capability <laughs> of grabbing the phone uh, next to me. This is uh, another tactic I, I use. I travel a lot, right? So my, my company, Prep Expert, is in Las Vegas, in the, um, and I live in Philadelphia, so I travel across the country a lot. So it's five, six-hour flights. Um, I have always found that some of the most um, efficient time and the greatest value that I build is during five or six-hour flights when I'm getting massive amounts of content done. Um, because what I do is I just don't buy the internet and I load out all the files I need to do my work ahead of time and I'm just doing so much so much work on that five to six hour air, airplane flight and get so much done and I kind of laugh to myself because I see everyone else sleeping or watching TV or and it's like I just got an entire work day's worth yeah. of stuff done on this flight and then I get to go um, you know do either more work or enjoy the weekend or whatever it is at my next destination so even if you're a frequent traveler you can be efficient with your time yeah definitely mm -hmm. um, and then one of the pressing questions I had, because I'm super curious, a person like you, are there one or are multiple like life mantras you go by um, as of today, as you've gained all this experience, like one, two, three, maybe more life mantras you have? Absolutely. I have um, multiple life mantras that I've uh, come to uh, sort of tell myself and realize in life and uh, one we sort of talked about already, which was uh, time is more valuable than money. Um, you know, that is, it's so ridiculous when I see people who will spend hours and hours couponing or they'll spend hours going from one store to the next store to do a return. And it's like you're spending all this time to save like $10 or something. And it's like you should be spending all those hours building value, doing whatever you need to do or, or even building your relationships. But you shouldn't be wasting your time trying to save $10. Cause you're, you're, what you're saying by spending two hours couponing is that your value, your time is worth less than five dollars an hour you know um, to save ten bucks mm -hmm. um, so you know that's one thing 
The other really powerful mantra that I, I like to um, live by, and this goes not so much for entrepreneurship, but more in my relationships, is change expectations to appreciation. So what that means is we all expect something from our relationships. So whether it's your significant other, in, in my case, my fiance, or whether it's my parents, or whether it's my friends, I expect, um, you know, we all expect them to either make us happy or text us or give us a phone call or do whatever it may be to do X, Y, Z. But instead of doing that, if you change it to, I appreciate this person for being there for um, just, you know, having a divine spirit that gets to share life with me, um, that really can make you much more happy. Um, And then one that I talk about in Self-Made Success a lot is live in the present moment. Um, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now is a life-changing book for me. I love that book. It is so, so hard. I mean, you teach yoga, you were telling me, (laughs) vinyasa, and um, it's all about that, right? Which is, we are so, so wired to either think in the future or think in the past. Mm -hmm. It is so, so hard to tame the mind to be in the present moment. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. It's like taming a wild horse. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's so, so hard. And I don't think, um, even if you know about it and you understand it, it's you still can't practice it 90% of the time. So even if I can get a few moments during the day where I'm fully engaged in the present moment, oh my gosh, it totally changes your whole day, your whole mindset. Um, you know, uh, one of the quotes that I, uh, the one of the, my mantra, not my mantra, it's it's obviously, um, I think it's like Buddha's mantra, (laughs) but it's like, uh, you know, if you live in the future, you're living with anxiety. If you live in the past, you're living with depression. And if you live in the present, you're living with happiness, you know? Mm, Um, and so to tame the mind and live in the present moment is, is so huge for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And talking about living in the present that is vitally important, but for you, as you look into pursuing other endeavors in your life, what plans do you have for what you want to work on in maybe a couple years out or a decade out? Yeah, that's the, that's the million dollar question that I get asked all the time. <laughs> you know, because my career is so, so spread out, right? Uh, on one hand, I'm a dermatology physician resident, um, so I have a medical career. On one hand, I'm the CEO and founder of Prep Expert, a test prep education company. On one hand, I'm the co-founder of ClearHat, a digital um, marketing agency. Mm-hmm. And then on one hand, I've written Self-Made Success and other books, so I'm an author. So, you know, if I don't want to be confined to one role necessarily, and I love the question. I love when people ask me, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Because I, there's this one quote that I heard, which is, all five-year business plans are complete guesses. And <laughs> what I think about, um, I also think that's true for life career. Um, all five-year life career plans are complete guesses. So I can barely tell you how my life or career is going to be in five years rather, rather than ten years. But if I had to give you some structure to you know, how I'm going to put this all together, I think it's going to be a combination of a physician entrepreneur. So I would love to apply my experience in education and entrepreneurship and my successes there to a, uh, you know, really life-changing and advancing dermatology uh, company 
that's sort of tech-based, whether we use artificial intelligence, virtual reality, whatever it may be. But I think there's a huge opportunity in um, changing the way that dermatology is done. And so people ask me all the time, well, why would you, why don't you just start that company? Why do you need to go through dermatology residency mm-hmm. and become a, a dermatologist and mm-hmm. a doctor? Um, and there's two reasons. One is I do love being a physician. I love treating patients. So I think I'll always practice clinical medicine. But two, and the more important one that I think is the real lesson for entrepreneurs is I want to put in my 10,000 hours. So you yeah. have to put in 10,000 hours. So um, for those that may not know about 10,000 hours. It's Mal- like Rob. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, <laughs> Rob, right? So um, Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours, um, you know, you have to put in 10,000 hours to become an expert at anything. And what I really think about entrepreneurship in particular is if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you need to be putting in those 10,000 hours to become an expert in whatever you're doing. So yeah. for me... For SAT prep, at this point now, I've probably put in 10,000 hours between all the studying, writing books, creating courses, working on my company. I've done the 10,000 hours. But I haven't done 10,000 hours to learn dermatology and become an expert at it. So that's really what my residency is doing, is giving me those 10,000 hours. And that's so, so important because if you're an entrepreneur who does not have all right so one of the biggest lessons in entrepreneurship one of the biggest lessons in my self-made success book mm-hmm. is do what you know and not only do what you know but do what you know and you are an expert take at. advantage of your strengths exactly yeah. because the last thing the for you know if a if a young entrepreneur comes up to me and says you know what should i start a business in i know they've already lost because yeah. you i you first it should be um, you know, what are you good at? What are you interested in? And let's say you don't have 10,000 hours of experience. Well, then go get it in something you're interested in. Like, I don't have 10,000 hours of experience in skincare, but I'm going to go get it through my dermatology residency, right? And so what was interesting is you mentioned Tim Ferriss. Um, when I was in college, actually the same age as you, you're, you're a sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. When I was a sophomore at the University of Southern California, I went to a, uh, a speaking event with Tim Ferriss. He okay. came. Yeah. And someone asked Tim Ferriss this exact question, which was, um, you know, what should I start a company in? And that person was obviously clueless. And what he said was, well, do what you have knowledge in. And I was like, that's the stupidest answer. When I was was a sophomore in college, I was like, that's the dumbest answer. Like, tell us what business. Like, I want to start a business. Like, tell me what I should start, you know? And he was like, well, I started a sports nutrition company because I was a bodybuilder and I knew a lot about it, et cetera. And then, you know, 10 years later, I realized like he actually gave us the secret sauce. The secret sauce is no one is going to tell you like this is the industry you should start your business in or this is the next big thing. What you need to do is find what you're interested in, become a super expert at it. Because if you put in 10,000 hours to learn about artificial intelligence, if you whatever you're interested in, 10,000 hours to learn about virtual mm-hmm. reality, you're going to find that opportunity for the business. Yeah. You're going to be like, this needs a business. You'll see that niche. Exactly. And that's that's the same way I'm looking at dermatology. So I'm putting in those 10,000 hours. I'm seeing so many inefficiencies, so many business opportunities. Um, And eventually I'm going to be like, this is the one I'm going to pursue because I put in the 10,000 hours. I know this front to back. I'm an absolute expert at it. So that's the secret sauce to how you find your next business. Wow. I love that. Connecting the dots there. Mm -hmm. That's great. And then sort of wrapping it back in a way for this one question is with prep expert, clear hat, 
and then you, whatever venture you do with dermatology and skincare, you really do care about education mm-hmm. and providing value for others. And going back to, would you say, like you said, your parents instilled that like value of education and just giving without like much expectation? Yeah. yeah. Education is the best asset I think anyone can have. And you know what's interesting is that in today's world of entrepreneurship, everyone says you don't need education, right? Everyone's like, ah, what's the word value of a college education? You don't need it anymore, etc. right? And I actually argue against that. I think with everyone um, being so, it's so easy to learn information now on the internet, right? It's hard to differentiate yourself without education, right? Yeah, you go to Drexel, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna go such a long way in your career path, whether you work for a large company, etc. Because what's gonna happen is everyone's just gonna have either no education or high school education. It's super hard to compete without that. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, what's interesting for me at least, is education actually taught me the discipline to be a good entrepreneur. You know, by being really, really good at school, I became, so the number one predictor of success is self-control. This is the proven by a Stanford research study. They basically put like a few hundred kids in a room. They were like five years old, five, a few hundred five-year-olds, one at a time, obviously, mm-hmm. with a marshmallow. And they said, you can eat this marshmallow now or if you uh, wait 15 minutes, you know, um, we'll give you two marshmallows. So only like one third of the kids had enough self-control to not eat the marshmallow in that 15 minutes. Like two thirds of the kids um, ended up just eating uh, the marshmallow immediately. But then they followed those kids for like 20 years and they, 30 years. Really? Yeah. And they found that the kids that didn't eat the marshmallow immediately and had enough self-control actually ended up being more successful in every tier of life. So they scored higher in their SATs, they got better salaries, they had, they were better in health, they had less alcohol and drug problems, they were more popular and social. Um, So it was like self-control is the key to success. And what I learned from school was, so like my parents like would just be so on top of me with my education. They would be like, you have to get an A, you have to get an A, like B's are unacceptable. And what I learned very early, like when I was like 10 years old, I was like, if I just get A's, then I, my parents will stop yelling at me and I don't have to deal with them anymore, you know? And like, I can do whatever else I want. So what I did is I had enough self-control to just get A's and I learned that very early on through education. And now that self-control now translates to entrepreneurship where I'm able to focus for multiple, like incredible amounts of time and do lots of things and have that self-control. And that's what contributes to success is if I had to tell you what to learn, it's the ability to have self-control. Yeah. And we sort of talked about this a little bit already yeah, with the distractions. Right? Yeah, that distractions. And then that's why I love, you know, yoga and meditation. And like, I've seen this abundance in this giant wave of realization we're seeing like Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, when they first met, one thing they attributed their success to was focus. And then you see like Steve Jobs, I know I'm picking out like big names, but any successful person or entrepreneur will say it. But Steve Jobs said like the ability to say no. So that self-control and that discipline mm-hmm. um, will take you a long way. Yeah. Um, and then 
I like to end it in like a rapid fire form, so I'm gonna ask uh, multiple questions here. Sure. So, to start, what is your favorite place you have traveled to or you want to travel to? Favorite place I have traveled to was recently I went to Cairo, Egypt um, to see the pyramids. and I went with my fiance right after our engagement. And it's incredible. I mean, it's really something to see. Everyone reads about the pyramids or sees pictures growing up. And when you see it in person, you're just absolutely mind blown as to how in ancient it's just massive. times. Yeah, it's just incredible that like people thousands of thousands of yeah. years ago were able to architect this somehow and it's incredible that we still don't know how it was done you know elon musk actually talks about that which is you know um if you don't continue to progress technology it'll eventually be forgotten or lost and i know he's kind of uh a conspiracy person (laughs) and um has crazy thoughts but it's interesting because we did actually lose that technology we still don't know how they did it so it's pretty cool that's true (laughs) um and then for, I'm sure you're going to love this because I'm a book addict myself, but what is your favorite book recommendation to give to people? Mm-hmm. Of course, it's my book, Self-Made Success. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, no uh, my favorite book or to, my favorite book recommendation that I like to give people is, oh, this is a good one. How to Stop Worrying and Start Living by Dale Carnegie. So Mm -hmm. everyone knows um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. He has this other book that I think is even better. Under the Radar. Yeah, Yeah. and it's called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. And it literally talks about living in the present moment without talking about it, without saying it's the power of now. It talks about how to get rid of anxiety, depression. And, um, you know, he was um, an amazing author. If you haven't read How to Win Friends and Influence People, read that one. But definitely read How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. It uh, You know, I meet so many people that are so anxious about life and they're anxiety prone, especially um, being a doctor in dermatology. People are so anxious about their skin and the way they look. This will totally take away your anxieties and make you live a, a much richer, fuller life in the present. I love that. And then is that also your favorite book? Because the next question is, what is your favorite book you've read? Yeah, I would say it's between How to Stop Worrying and Start Living and The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Those are two top book recommendations that I have got to um, throw out there for the people. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, so that's Yeah, and then what's a future book you really want to dive into and and nerd out in? Yeah, a future book um, is... Actually, I just ordered it on Amazon. It's called uh, The Little Book That Beats the Market. So I'm actually, uh, you know, learning more about investing and how to properly invest my assets, cash, protect it, um, learning more about, uh, you know, I think cash management is something that is super, super important and it's uh, a failure of the education system that they don't teach it to you in school. Even I I did my MBA at Yale and they didn't do much of it, Um, you know? And Mm. so I think it's important because of inflation and taxes can have such a big impact because a lot of people can make money, but not a lot of people can manage it and save it appropriately, Mm. um, you know, 
my goal in life would I would love to just live off interest at some point you know <laughs> if I, that, I think if you can yeah. figure that out so I'm learning more about investing and I've heard uh, great things about this book called um, the little book that beats the market awesome and I've also been indulging that as well uh, I'll send you I got a free PDF version from Ray Dalio with his new book um, principles of navigating big debt crises mm. um, but I just I love Ray Dalio. Yeah. He's just so humble that not a lot of people know about him. Mm -hmm. But everything he says, just giving out his stuff for free, he's so smart. I love it. Principles is amazing. He has a great video series that I watched. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, that was, that was, that was great. Uh, I mean, there's a reason he's a multi-billionaire and uh, he's just uh, such a good guy and has all the right life principles and his book's always number one on Amazon <laughs> yeah he's uh, that that's definitely I, I mean that's that's a great I actually you know what's funny is I gave every employee at my company uh, principles for Christmas <laughs> yeah, yeah because I thought it would be good for yeah. the company and the team that's awesome and I know it's sort of to the end here but do you have in his book he talks about radical transparency do you have that within your companies as well Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So radical transparency is so, so important. The way that we are able to practically apply it at Prep Expert is we keep all of our project management in a Google Doc that everyone can see and edit everyone's mm -hmm. work, etc. So you know exactly how many hours people are putting in, what kind of tasks they're doing, what kind of projects they're working on, and total transparency. That's good. I got to implement that <laughs> in the future. <laughs> That's great. And then the last staple question. Um, in the way we end every podcast is what is your big dream in life? Um, one thing you really want to strive to achieve before you leave this earth and you know the action items you're taking to get there. Yeah, you know, I think as you, you know, what's interesting is your priorities change as you uh, become older and you become more successful. So I think everyone sees it as um, like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, right? They've achieved pinnacles of success mm -hmm. and now they're really becoming philanthropists. So I think that's really the goal is that um, you make enough money that you're comfortable and you're happy with life. Um, that's kind of what I joked about living off interest. If you can eventually just have enough money coming in that you're comfortable, then you can help other people with your money. And, you know, I think um, that's the responsibility of very successful entrepreneurs is to figure out how to help others in the most effective way possible, whether that's inspiring entrepreneurship or whether that's actually just providing water to people in Africa, right? Mm -hmm. So I think um, helping the world is, is, you know, at the, at the heart of every business and every entrepreneur is you've got to provide value and help people and you, you get a lot. The most contentment that I get at my company Prep Expert is when I get emails from students about how many hundreds of points they improved on SAT or what college they got into. So it's helping people, right? So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, whatever business in whatever your services and you're, you're helping people you're providing value and I think eventually you want to do that for almost free or, or likely free as a philanthropist mm. as Ray Dalio does as Bill Gates does as Warren Buffett does and so I would love to be one of those uber successful entrepreneurs who can um, provide a great value to people in need at, at no cost mm. eventually that's amazing I, I really admire that thank you it's great and thank you again for coming on this podcast I'm sure these people Truly, you know, love you now, get to know who you are. And 
Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I'm, of course, going to plug my book. (laughs) If you want to learn (laughs) more uh, about sort of my entrepreneurship principles, I really poured my heart and soul into self-made success. Um, It's my life uh, sort of work. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you've actually read some of it as well. And I hope you liked it. And uh, hopefully the audience will as well. Yeah, on that token as well, uh, would you want to highlight one of the social media you use and maybe place people can follow you yeah exactly so um my personal instagram is at one period sean s-h-a-a-n and then uh the instagram for my self-made success book is at self-made success book for instagram awesome thank you for listening thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode and like sean said you can check out his social media and his book both are in the footnotes along with another link to check out a video about himself. And to wrap it up, and most importantly, bring it back to you, just like Shauna and I talked about in our conversation, we want you guys to be radically transparent with us. If there is something you like, don't like, love, hate, want us to improve on, want us to work on, any ideas you have, please, please be honest with us, because it only makes us better. And giving value to you guys starts with being the best we can possibly be, you know, trying to embody our own slogan, improving ourselves to impact your lives. So please reach out on our social media. You can do so at DreamBigAndCo. Even email us uh, at DreamBigAndCo at gmail.com. And if you would like to further check out everything we're working on for the newbies or people who haven't already, All of our links are in the footnotes, so I'd really appreciate if you would head over to there and and check us out. But other than that, have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you on episode number 21.